listening to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. I'm Bree. And I'm Rachel. We have another Lutheran lady in studio today. Always yes, super fun. Yes. And we totally match colors. We're both wearing like this mauve <laughs> pink color. And yep. it's amazing. I'm so, so covetous right now. Like I'm breaking <laughs> the ninth and tenth commandments. You gotta right look now. at the mm-hmm. shoes. Not my oh. shoes. Her shoes. <gasps> Oh, they're pink, floral, sparkly, yeah. lacy. Yes, mm. because pink is the best color. I'll gouge my eye out. Be right back. <laughs> it's a conversation with Creative Day. Erin, who do we have in studio with us? Today we have Kelly in the studio with us. And I pause there because our initial discussion actually touched on a, a challenging thing that many women face and that is what do you do when you when your name changes and you're already really known by one name yeah because you've gotten married so we have today kelly uffenbeck and many of you might actually know her as kelly schumacher she is the artist who's uh is it a company would you call it yeah, kind of. Like it started with like religious art and like paintings, uh-huh. but then it changed more into like greeting cards okay. and prints. But now it's changed into I'm actually getting religious art commissions now. So oh, it's okay. kind of changed. So I do a lot of commission portraits and teaching. Uh-huh. But I think like this fall, I don't know, I might take some time off of teaching because I get so many commissions in the fall. So <laughs> I'm trying to like I'm always learning. Yeah. We need, we just need, it's it's happy, beautiful art. It is. <laughs> you know, and like we're just, it has the fancy Lutheran name, but Absolutely. like really at the end of the day, it's, we just need happy, beautiful. It face. is. It's yeah. all under the banner of Agnus Day Liturgical Arts. And yes. I know that many of you already are fans of this artist and her work. Mm-hmm. We are eager to talk today about the topic of creativity. But before we dive into that, Let's talk just a little bit more about the the whole challenge of names. <laughs> but like, how important is it to be known? Like, as an artist, I feel like name recognition is a key part of your ability. Like, obviously not of your ability to create art, but as far as how you're going to engage with it as as your profession. You as a business that. lady. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You need that. I know. I think of Erin Bodie. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. same thing. Because like, mm-hmm. I remember like... I had, I sent her a note for something like, I was like, thank you for like the art and song a few years ago. And I was like, Mrs. Sid Rodway, (laughs) 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 because she really appreciated that. Uh And I was like, I figured you probably wanted to be, you know, Mrs. Rodway, Uh even though you're Erin Bodie, it probably Mm -hmm. feels nice to have someone call you that. I don't know. I like that kind of stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like that would be a challenge for some people. I think you're able to more easily merge your professional and personal mm-hmm. lives and, yeah. and navigate yeah. that sort of a challenge. But I think artists in particular, that becomes a, a question like or or writers as well. Yeah. Like what, yeah. whatever you're known by that name when it needs to change. I was very fortunate in that I had basically only ever interned anywhere before I got mm-hmm. married. So mm-hmm. nobody knew me as Rachel Weshy. All of my published work the little bits and pieces that that have been out there are under my married name, Rachel Bomberger. I never had to make that switch. I know my friend and predecessor at the Lutheran Witness, Adrian Dor Hines, Adrian Hines, <laughs> did have to sort of navigate those tricky waters. But it's tough because when you are n- 
known when you are your own brand Mm -hmm. and then the Mm -hmm. brand basically undergoes a brand name change (laughs) and doesn't know what to do and how to do it yeah and you're still in the midst of that right now i'm in every i don't know it's working (laughs) it's all working i just don't know how? Congratulations on your marriage, by the way. Thank you. Here's the cutest thing. <laughs> Thank you. Congratulations so, on your merge it. and acquisition. <laughs> I'm so happy for you. So that was a fairly recent. It was. It was a event. year and a half ago. Yeah, okay. Pandemic still, wedding. Yeah, we're still. Uh, yeah, we're still very. Hey, you're newlyweds. New. Yes. Yeah, yes. we're very accounts. Yes, yes, we're. You got married since I saw you last, so that's all I'm thinking about yeah. here. Yeah, yes. very happily, happily happy. Yeah, you guys yeah. are adorable. So, <laughs> I suppose the takeaway from this part of the conversation is. If you happen to run into either Kelly Schumacher or Kelly, <laughs> yes, or Kelly, buy the art because it's good. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, and I guess sort of spinning off of that initial aspect of the whole professional thing, I'm curious. One of one of the questions that we sort of had on our list of things to talk about is, what is it like to make a living off of art? Like mm-hmm. the professional side. Is this your full time job? Is yeah. I, I mean. This is this is loaded. Mm. <laughs> Let's loaded. Let's take it. Yeah. Oh gosh, it's just like how uh-huh. much time have? <laughs> Do you feel like Aaron just went for the hard one first? <laughs> well, yep. kind of. Like it's, it's you know what I talked to. That's why we're here. <laughs> you know this this brings up a very interesting thing that I'm kind of in the middle of figuring out. But like we're always in the middle of figuring out. So like I guess oh I guess I could say this. I'm gonna. You can say, I can always cut it out if it's too shocking, but I I doubt you're going to say anything too shocking for the podcast. (laughs) um, (laughs) I am a girl. What? (laughs) That is so shocking. The funny funny thing is, is like, I guess if I were to say like how I wanted my life to turn out and I talk about this, like I would have loved to like get married young and have kids young Mm. and like do like the whole like. Susie homemaker in like the cute little dress and the apron and like mm-hmm. baking pies, except mm-hmm. we're gluten free. So pie is just not an option mm. anyways. But that was just like how I kind of wanted my life to like turn out. But like, I guess, you know, as someone that got married later, but anyways, we don't have to go into all of that. So like for me, I was just always like really good at art mm-hmm. and I couldn't like help it. If that makes sense. <laughs> like, I know that sounds like so like bad to be like, I can't help it. But like, even like as a young age, my parents were just like, hey, wow, you were sitting there for hours on end on this tiny mm. little thing and you're like not even talking or anything. So they kind of really encouraged me to go down the art direction. And then as I got older and went to school, I just saw how <coughs> empty people. You're good. We all sneeze. <laughs> um, I, I just saw like how empty that people were. And I really wanted to use my artistic gifts to do like religious art mm. because I just saw how like sad everybody not that religious art makes you happy but I was just like what in the world like we have this beautiful Lutheran confession Mm. teaching Mm -hmm. that's really amazing and grounding and beautiful music tradition and I thought well maybe like art can kind of help people introduce people to Lutheran theology in like a really beautiful way and I started at that point and then I was like trying to help like people outside the church then I was trying to like help pastors then I was trying to help like families 
But then I started not just help families with like religious art. Then I wanted to do portraits, but then Mm -hmm. I was meeting families and then they really wanted art lessons that were realistic. So it's kind (laughs) of like it's changed and all these things. So like, yes, it's my full-time job, um, but I'm not going to lie. It's like really stressful. Like it's (laughs) really, it's really, really, really stressful. Meaning like I kind of sit there and I'm just like, I don't mind the craft and like where I'm at now in my life is it's less stressful, but I will say like being an artist is really stressful. And sometimes I really, actually when people come to me, I kind of discourage them from being an artist Uh because it is so demanding and it is so stressful. And I am still trying to figure, figure it out because it's like, it's what I'm good at, but it's just the business and everything. Like I can't do everything on my own. That makes a ton of sense. It's just like you really have in the one thing that I dealt with when I was single was that I was working seven days a week and my parents were working and it was just like way too, way too much, Yeah, (laughs) you know? So I'm kind of always, I'm actually, I don't, I actually don't encourage people to become artists. I'm like, you can do it as a hobby, Mm -hmm. but being a professional is, it's rough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It's more than just, and as a writer, you know, we have the same mythos. You know, you're probably envisioning being out in the wilderness somewhere with an easel next to a lake, you know, and I'm <laughs> envisioning some, you know, secluded cabin in the woods where you get to just knuckle down and do your do your artistic craft. And uh-huh. But when you are making a living out of it, that's like maybe a quarter of it. And the rest of it is like a whole lot of hustle and business yep. and uh-huh. managing things that don't feel like they're even remotely connected to your to the actual thing you want to be doing. And then the money's not that great, actually. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've gotten to a place where it's better now. Like I was doing religious art and it just I couldn't get it to like click for the longest time. And so I started getting a lot of help and just being like, what's better? And so now what I found that does work is um, pet portraits. <laughs> I know pet portraits and also just teaching fundamentals. It. And uh-huh. the thing is, is that it actually works like really great because like, okay, sorry, I'm like still in like, ah, oh, mode. But it's like, <laughs> you know, I get up in the morning, I cook my husband breakfast. I do, you know, I do some chores. He goes to work. I either like teach a little bit and then I'll come home and then I'll work on a portrait and then we'll go for a run and then I'll cook dinner. And then it's like, I'm done. And I'm just like, oh my goodness, why does no, everyone always acts like being an artist is this big, like creative thing that you're just like stuck trying to be an individual and starving. And the way I've kind of set it up now is like, I've I figured out I have to let go of my dreams and just do the stable thing and <laughs> yeah. don't mess and frankly like stability and monotony is like awesome. It's so <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so glad you said that. I'm like, like I'm like excitement is overrated. Uh-huh. Like yes. please keep it simple and ordinary and I'm uh-huh. good. I don't know if anyone else is at that place. There but, is, okay. yeah. Oh yes. absolutely. I am married, but if I were ever if I ever found myself in a position where I was no longer married and I ever wanted to get back in the dating game, like I don't care who you are what you look like the sexiest quality in a man is some stability like financial <laughs> mental stability we're good like we're golden let's go like yeah it's the same the same is true for a career that we mm-hmm. yeah. when you're young you want something exciting yep 
Oh, and then when you get a little older, you're like, no, I just just want a little stability in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it's a bit boring, that's yeah. good. Routine yeah. is lovely. Routine yeah, it's like stability and, and uh, leave me alone. <laughs> Please let me be. I, am I terrible? I, maybe you guys are already Listen, in that place. <laughs> I, I really actually very much appreciate that like out the gate, we're having this very frank discussion, especially as an artist who is also owns their own business. Because I, I do think that it's very easy to kind of outside looking in be like oh she's so talented yeah she's got this glamorous life (laughs) but like you need to know like if you're if you are truly wanting to pursue this this same sort of thing for yourself and you have the pieces in place to do so there are cautions that that people should probably be made aware of before they go down a certain road you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. i I, i'm totally thankful as as an art hobbyist to a professional <laughs> artist, I will say, uh-huh. like, I will not open my Etsy store now. Thank you very much. <laughs> I won't do well, it. Well, and like well, having, you can. having you an can. Etsy just store. Don't have it thing. Yeah. <laughs> like when I was in college doing my graphic design degree, we had, I think, I don't know if it was a class or just a section of class on like the legal parts yes. of being a graphic designer. And at that point, I was like, oh, <laughs> it's real. That. Mm-hmm. It's real. Because I mean, there's you do have to just you have to know business in order yep. to run your yeah. own thing if it's going to be what you do. Every every person who wants to sort of make a living in, a, in an artistic vocation, whether musician, visual artist, writer, whatever, dual major in business. Yes, because you'll need it <laughs> to manage yourself, or just know <laughs> someone who does really good at business. And stuff. Partner, true. Right. True. <laughs> Speaking of partners, can we talk about your mom? <gasps> Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Really? Because I've met her actually selling your wares before, and she is an amazing business partner. I she think. Is. Talk about the relationship she's, you guys have. She's amazing. So entrepreneurship like runs in my family. Apparently, oh, there you go. <laughs> I don't know if this is a good thing or not. Because <laughs> um, like my grandpa unfortunately passed away before we got married, but it was like I he was you know a very much an entrepreneur, and my and. That's kind of part of the Hartman side, which is mm. a few generations. But anyways, so she is just the reason Anuste is Anuste is my mother. Now, like the theological side is my dad, but then the the business side is my mom. And I've tried really hard to like emulate what I can from her. But like she just knows. I mean, when we were at a sale one time and there was like someone else was selling their stuff and they're like, I need to go to the bathroom. And I was like. Okay, so she's like, can she came up to my mom and she's like, will you man my station while I'm gone? My mom like was making sales. <laughs> like, she was just like, like nice. it did not matter what it was. <laughs> she could sell it, and like you know, my dad's always makes jokes. He's like, nope, chains at it again. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, that is my mom. Like she can just, I, I don't think I'm as good at selling. Mm. My mother's very good at selling. I. I listen to people's problems, I guess. Like, I'm more of like a therapist. I don't know if I'm a therapist because I'm not that, I'm a little all over the place. But like, <laughs> I guess I kind of like just try to make people like feel good. And then my mom makes the sale. She's like, oh, that's great. Here, have this piece of artwork. Right. I'm just <laughs> like, how are you? Like all this stuff, like totally not related to art. And like talk about their stories and stuff like mm. that. And then... Because I just can't sell my... I can, but it feels so weird, and I try. But she's really good at, like, 
all right, like, what do you need? Like, tell me this, tell me this. And I'm just like, are you having a good day? Like, whatever. So yeah, you make the connection. She makes the yeah, 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 yeah. You know what? That we talk a lot about about women helping women. You know, whenever we can. But this is one aspect that I think is really worthy of a little spotlight is that this ability of mothers and daughters to work together in a you know professional capacity and really do it well. Yeah, you know, she's yeah, any moms and daughters out there, you guys, you can totally work together because you know Kelly and Jane can do it really good. Yeah, so, and she does all there. the all the accounting and all the math and all the oh, that's a wonderful the stuff I have. can't do. Yeah, she does. She does all of that, and I'm in process of learning. <laughs> Always. Yes, but you get to focus on the product, which is also important. Yeah, yeah. I mean, without you, there is no artwork. Yeah. <laughs> True that. <laughs> Can we talk about realism for a second? Yes. Want, so we've talked a bunch before, and I've known you for a long time. I yeah, love yeah. your work. So if people see your work, there's a very particular style that you do your art in. Mm. Talk about that. It's what is beautiful. it and why you chose yes. what you do? Classical realism. So pretty much what you see is what you get, but I do make it like nice. Okay. So like <laughs> so like classical realism is simply like an apple that looks like an apple and it's well done. You know, the craft is really important, you know, photorealism. Now, the thing is, is that in more recent history, realism has not been as stylish in the art world but turns out in the outside of the art world realism is very in vogue as Hmm. one would say so I was trying like a lot of different styles you know through school and things like that and even post but I was having trouble selling and I you know got some help got some counsel got some advice from other professionals and they're like here listen you are always going to be able to sell realism that is personalized. That's what they said is personalized realism. So they're like, listen, as long as you get your, you know, portfolio of consistency together, people will buy. Hmm. And I listened and it worked. And then my dad, and then with realism, I teach realism because a lot of schools do like arts and crafts and finger painting. And when I was a kid, my dad really wanted me to learn like the fundamentals of painting and drawing. And then even when I went to school, he was like, you must do the fundamentals, like thinking like a very mathematical, sciencey person. And like you kind of learned them in school, but not really. And so that was really important. And then when I met Dave, like he was really into like mastering the basics of of his job. Hmm. And I was like, oh, mastering the basics, (laughs) you know, so I I kind of like took my dad's brain traditionally and I took my husband's brain now and then I put them together and was like, (laughs) we will master the basics. I was like, this is the continuation of this. And so I then developed this like classical drawing program that I teach every almost like every day of the week now with to oh, multiple wow. people and yeah i just it's a very hot commodity in terms of realism that parents want their kids they don't want their kids to do sloppy weird stuff they're actually like <laughs> i want if i want my child to take classical music lessons in piano or trumpet or whatever mm. they're looking for the artistic equivalent and then oh. me providing that they're just yep. like no one's teaching this. And I'm like, right. no, I am. And then, <laughs> and then I, we just kind of work together and I get to work with kids and I get to like, just kind of come alongside parents as they're teaching like 
even though it's realism, you know, you're teaching a lot of character building, you know, mm-hmm. like you're teaching like discipline, you're teaching self-control, you're teaching delayed <laughs> gratification. Well, and every mom and dad's like, yay. <laughs> and everyone's like, I hate this. And I'm just like, you will no longer. I said, you now feel like it's tedious, but we're going to reframe it and call it therapeutic. <laughs> I am so glad that you just, I, I just find it very funny that you describe classical realism as an apple is an apple. What you see is what you get. And here I am. Realism is the hardest thing in the world to do. Ah. Well, and that's the thing. I, and I can totally yeah. see why people are willing to pay for realism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. we've had, I think, and, and this is not to dis- disrespect the artists who work in a whole lot of like less realistic styles, right. because some of that work is breathtaking. However, no one ever looked at an example of classical realism and goes, I could have done that in five minutes. <laughs> it's nope. the case with some more abstract forms of art, that there's a respect that comes with the ability to do realistic visual art mm. that you don't always get. Mm-mm. Right. And also get with the personal connection, which is why I do houses, people and pets, mm. is that people are going to purchase something that they have a personal connection right. with. Yeah. And there, I mean, yes, you could get like a purple dog. Like, I'm not saying there's there, there's people who love purple dogs. <laughs> Nothing wrong. But a lot of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like a lot of people are just like, if they look at the price, they're going to be like, no, this needs to look like yeah. funky. yeah and there's such a long tradition of that you know my kids and i in our in our history studies love to see you know the medici's photobombing renaissance depictions of the magi and various other other scenes from the Mm. bible because they were willing to pay more if they got to be in the in the picture that's that's right (laughs) yeah (laughs) It constantly blows my mind to pick up something that has been drawn and it looks like a photo. Right. Like if you hold it away from your face, you're like, wait, hold, that that's not a photo. It's right. wild. Right. It's my amazing. apple is not an like it's a it's like a Mickey Mouse apple with like a. And I love like your art, too. I can, I can teach you. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm just saying it's there's you just said you a lesson. Right. Really careful there. Whoa. Sit and, down. But here's well, here's a question, though, for those who are like interested in art and that sort of thing is the whole idea of realism and mastering some of those basic fundamentals does that carry over into other directions so if you want to improve in another area Hmm. you can benefit from focusing and spending some time on focusing on realism and trying to gain skill and technique in that area does that carry over or or not Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I sort of suspected as much. Yes. And it's, I, mean, it's just, <laughs> I mean, you can look at it as, real, as realism, but what is it like every amount of education that you get like post- Dave is really into like neuroscience. So he always tells me all the benefits, the mental, <laughs> like the, the, the neurological benefits of what I do. I'm like, oh, yay. That, I can give that to parents too. But just like, oh, like being able to make those connections within your brain and to be a lifelong learner. Like I teach people like through their 70s and beyond, mm-hmm. you know. But the thing is, is anytime that you stretch your brain and do something that's uncomfortable and you work on those fine motor skills, you work on that hand-eye coordination, Mm -hmm. you are just like decreasing your likelihood of dementia in the future, you know? So Uh, like there really is no downside because you're just going to be really smart Mm -hmm. regardless. But yeah, I will say like I teach it to, you know, kids and it's like they, 
they don't love it now, but I'm like, in the future, you're going to be really happy that you had this. Mm -hmm. And it's like very, I don't want to say it's boring. I always am like, it's not boring. It's therapeutic. But it's like, it seems really slow and tedious. But the neat thing is you can actually objectively chart your progress, at Mm -hmm. least how I teach with each assignment. So you have this grouping of assignments you can see a clear amount. And then if you just keep working mm. on it outside of class, mm. I mean, my students are just like, I got so much better without even realizing it. I was like, yes, that's the point. <laughs> I was like, you know, so that's like the exciting thing is like, yeah, they're, but they're putting in the repetition, uh-huh. you know, yeah. to get better. Uh-huh. They don't have to be here to here, you know, here to here. It's just do, 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 do. And then they Little go baby oh steps. Gosh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Didn't yeah. know I talk so much about teaching, but <laughs> <laughs> it's what you do. Yeah, it is. So I want to know how you do it. <laughs> no, like it seems so magical to me when you look at something and having having an art background. I, I also see things in this way when you I don't know, I'm just like looking out the window and I see the sky and the side of the building. But like drawing that right. is so different Correct. from like mm-hmm. taking a picture mm-hmm. because how do you analyze something mm-hmm. to actually draw it and make it look real because it's not like i'm not going to take a blue marker and do a blue sky and then a black side of the building and be done like there's so much yeah, work may not. i probably would yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly i totally would say i'm right well, there with is- you rachel <laughs> i don't <laughs> well it's it's really tough because like you have methods and devices but like if you want to get into the Another thing that I'm sorry, I keep revo- I keep bombing like my husband's name in here, but like he <laughs> understands us. So, so like one thing that we geeked out over when we were friends was like eye tracking because he worked as a eye therapist with um how your eyes work together with tracking divergence, convergence, and I know and distance. This is not going where I thought it was going to go, but it's keep fun, going. isn't yes. it? So his whole thing about what I was teaching, he like got he actually took like one drawing class with me. And he actually did pretty good, Aww. even though he doesn't really have any background and drawing because he was looking at it as an eye therapist and working on his eyes working together and his hand in terms of eye tracking and increments. Mm. You married a nerd and this is awesome. I love this. Keep going. (laughs) So it was just like a super fascinating thing that we kind of both like, you know, is that we saw like the same things, but in like a different way, but he saw it in a very analytical approach. So just like the idea of, you know, how a camera works, but he kind of saw how you would break down a picture in terms of its more analytical components, you know, but also in how do you track your eyes working together hmm. as a therapist? Because he actually had to do this with people that had concussions. Whoa, so he would be helping wow. them train their eyes through exercises. So he was trying to draw, use the methods that he would teach people to draw advice. Science of art. I that's know. amazing. But, it, but see, that's the thing, too, is to kind of demystify it. Everyone thinks it's this, like, magical thing. And it kind of is. But, like, <laughs> what we also have this theory is that maybe, like, those of us who are, like, better at drawing, it's that maybe the eyes are better at tracking naturally. Interesting. Like on the flip side, like I'm really good at this, but I have no depth perception at all. I have like none. So I have to like on the road, I'm very, (laughs) I like, everyone's like, you drive like a grandma. It's like, I can't see how fast, you know, so how it might be something that people have kind of a different that's really interesting. Huh. I'm trying to learn to draw. I don't draw, but all my daughters do. Yeah. And they all love their art. And so I, mm-hmm. you know, for our homeschooling this spring, I said, well, you guys teach me how to draw. We'll take turns being the art teacher. And so I've been trying to do a little bit more of it, but it's requiring me to see the world as like 
shapes mm-hmm. and layers yep. and textures yep. and shadows and colors. So being able to flatten that in your brain would make it a lot easier. So that's yeah. <laughs> my husband makes fun of me for taking pictures of like different patterns and shapes and things because my I see them and I see the the art in them. He's like, you're being silly. But <laughs> that's a manhole cover, Sarah. That's weird. <laughs> but it's beautiful. And like, I don't know. I, I love to see just the art in everything because like there's just there's shadows everywhere and there's colors and layers and, and all of these things. And I think you're right that some people's brains are just wired in a way that you're you're able to see it in a different way than than other people who just maybe don't see it that way but then they see other stuff in a way mm-hmm. that artistic people don't see so yeah yeah so I mean I don't really know like if you were to break down like the science of my eyes and my <laughs> you know in my brain like if it would actually you know it, if it would be different and there might be an actual a distortion in there that just makes it really easy for me you know? <laughs> like I don't know uh yeah <laughs> I feel a science experiment coming on. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I think we need to talk about being Lutheran and being a Lutheran liturgical artist. Now, granted, you're not doing quite as much as you did maybe a little while ago, but that is still a huge part of your life as an artist. How do you share your faith and your liturgical sensibilities through your artwork? Yeah, actually, it's kind of cool how like I kind of was like maybe liturgical art was not meant to be and I kind of like let go of it but then I got like some church commissions and I was like woohoo um <laughs> you know maybe not but because I kind of went the wrong approach I hmm. kind of had to rework things so like St. Paul's Lutheran even though it's not liturgical liturgical they asked me to do two retirement gifts for their teachers of the church buildings and I've done some like church building commissions yeah, I did something for the seminary. And then the most recent one that I did was I was asked to uh, do a painting of the crucifix at Concordia Maplewood with like the background. It's oh, like this. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. So I just finished it yesterday. Oh. Um, I still have to like send it to the guy and make sure that he's happy. So as far as that goes, I used to really think like, oh, I need to do like religious art and change the world for Jesus. And there's all <laughs> these broken people. And wow, that's too heavy of a burden, guys. Like, that's just way too big. So I was really trying to, like, do that, but that wasn't providing enough stability. And I was like, okay, maybe I need to try something else. But the funny thing is, like, it kind of, as I said, brought it back. It Mm. brought it back around. And I started realizing that I was trying so hard with the religious art to take someone's imagined idea or my imagined idea and make a concrete thing that was biblical. And it just kind of got, like, lost in translation, whereas I got... More recently now, people will actually tell me exactly what they want. They'll send me a picture. Oh, yeah, I did another retirement gift for a pastor's wife. But yeah, anyways, beside (laughs) the point. But the funny thing is, it's like once I kind of figure out the system of like they send me a picture and then I do as close to that picture as I can and make some tweaks to make it work in terms of design. So like, yes, even though I love like biblical illustration and liturgy, it just seems like God's calling me to serve my neighbor by making like really nice keepsakes for people in the Lutheran church and outside. And I like it because you get to make people happy. (laughs) And I know that that's not everything, but I feel like even though we live in a sinful world, like we need happy things and people need happy <laughs> hey beauty is a gift from god so right. it is. It. well and that leads yeah. perfectly into my next question and that is 
you know, you just mentioned God's calling. How does our Lutheran doctrine of vocation shape the way you approach your work? And it sounds like it definitely does. Yes. Yeah. Because the number one thing now is like I was reading Titus chapter two like a few weeks ago and it was like, love your husband. And I was like, yay, <laughs> this is great. That's easy. <laughs> I was just like, you know, because we can get even like even with our vocations, we can get like so caught up in all this stuff. And I was like, oh, I can't. And then I was like, oh, I like this one. I think I'm going to do this one. <laughs> I'm going to write this one down. Yeah. So I don't know. Sometimes I think like, even though like we have a lot of hats, it's like, sometimes it's like so easy to get consumed with all like the calls we think we have instead mm-hmm. of the calls that are actually objectively written in scripture. And I'm really trying to really work on those instead mm-hmm. of being like, is God calling me here? Is God calling me here? I don't really know. And then it's like, no, Kelly, God's calling you like here. Read this, honey. Well, <laughs> take it. Take this for what it's worth. I'm not I'm certainly not trying to pressure you into taking your art career in a certain direction. But I, I'm looking <laughs> at your website and I am awestruck, I think is the right word, by the way that and this is a general skill that I'm seeing sort of weaving throughout your artwork is that. You do an excellent job at drawing human emotion mm-hmm. as they pertain to ra- relationships. So I see a lot of like Bride of Christ imagery in some of these. There's a uh, a painting that I just saw, or was it a? It was like an altarpiece, maybe. Yeah, with Jesus embracing a bride, or there, it's like a wedding ceremony sort of situations. I, I I think the neatest things that I'm seeing on your website have to do with sort of that bride of Christ imagery and the like the very real emotional relationship and the emotional rawness that can come with being married to somebody. I, th- I think that that is just not to say that you need to go back to just drawing pictures of Jesus in the, the, the church, but I love it. <laughs> and you. you can always go back to that. Oh, yeah. Or anniversary portraits. Right. (laughs) Especially if your husband looks like Jesus. (laughs) Problem solved. (laughs) You know, I love what I love. I ask about vocation and and your work and I'm expecting to hear all about, well, I love people by doing portraits of them that make them happy. And you come back with, I love my husband. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's exactly right. You know, we all have our vocations, but, you know, what are your primary ones? I I sometimes tell my kids, since I'm a homeschool mom, that they are my day job, that no matter what other side side gigs I have going, including this one, you know, they're the day job. And they always they always love that. <laughs> so were we just put on notice. <laughs> I think we were just put on, were we just put on notice right here. <laughs> Oh, am yeah. I am I being oh, yeah. called out? No, no, no. I'm kidding. No, I'm you're kidding. like my favorite sidekick. <laughs> Come on, Bree. <laughs> Sorry, I was totally joking. <laughs> but I love your words, Kelly, in that they give us permission to look at our vocations in a more holistic way yes. and not just go straight from the vocation equals career. Yeah. Mm, yeah. It doesn't. It is the callings to, you know, share the love of God with those. Whom God puts in our lives, which usually involves family members, oh, yeah. you know, before workmates. Right. Mm-hmm. Although you guys are like family to me. Uh. <laughs> That's right. You are within my circle of vocations. But thank you, Kelly. I really, I just really appreciate you bringing out that Titus emphasis and reminding us that we are free to serve our neighbor in this way. Mm-hmm. So 
-hmm. Again, not the direction I anticipated, but even better. (laughs) Okay, can we talk about beauty for just another minute, though? (laughs) Just one minute. Just I'm setting a timer on Facebook Messenger. (laughs) (laughs) Because you've talked about it a little bit. It's come up in our Bible studies before. Gavin Mize has his book, Beauty and Catechesis. I, I feel like it's this... I don't know, maybe resurgence in some of the circles I'm in of people bringing it back up that beauty isn't a bad thing. It is a good thing that God has given us, uh, maybe something that needs to be reclaimed a bit in artwork and things, something that I now understand is what one of my favorite things. I love seeing and appreciating beautiful things, regardless of, of what medium it is. But I know you also feel similarly, right? You've talked about oh, beauty yeah. and art and beauty in, in architecture and things on your YouTube channel, I believe. Oh, yeah, right? that's right. <laughs> yep. Yes. I No, I absolutely agree. I think we, this is really hard trying to like figure out how to say this. So like the theology of the cross, the Heidelberg Disputation, very good book, very good. But I think what happens is that sometimes Oh, man, this is really tough. This is kind of why I even backed off of religious art a little bit because the theology got like too hard for me. It was just like, this is too hard. Anyways, <laughs> but a lot of times I think people kind of think, oh, God's working through ugly. And it's like, uh, he can, he can, but that's not the only way. And sometimes I think they take one of those theses in the Heidelberg Disputation and then mix it with, Postmodernism, modernism in the 1970s. <laughs> crazy friends. Like it's 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 a hot mess express. Mm. Like you guys know. Um, so, anyway. So, but the thing is, it's like disco. <laughs> but I'm also a really big fan of the Heidelberg Disputation because it does kind of give permission for the ugly and the sad and the decaying to exist. However, I feel like, and this is kind of where you have to be like so careful because it's like, I'm going to sound like a theologian of world glory, but I'm actually not, is that God, you know, you can't just look at that portion of the Heidelberg disputation and discount the entirety of scripture. And the thing is, Bierman was our yes. fill-in for a while, and I had <laughs> attended some stuff with Bierman before, and I, I love that, I think, or is it Olowski? I forget. It was Both, Bierman. Go, no, well, but maybe Olowski <laughs> was a different... They talked about like creation being like very beautiful, exceedingly beautiful. And I was like, and I had this idea years ago, even though I read the Heidelberg Disputation, I was like, wait a second, friends. Like, <laughs> hello. There's a... Re- like, yes, there is sin in the world. But, like, we're still allowed to enjoy a beautiful day. We're still allowed to... I mean, I'm sorry. Like, when we cook food for dinner, like, let's... To mix up prescriptive and descriptive. Like, (laughs) you know, when people cook, like, a really nice meal, they use a nice plate. They use a nice fork. You know, they have the good food. You know, they pick the best ingredients. And I was kind of like, why is art just, like, literally poop? I mean, in the world. Like, I mean, I'm not... I'm kind of serious. Like, like, like Marcel... friends. (laughs) I know. <laughs> like Marcel, du- I'm sorry, I'm gonna be so mean to Mr. Marcel Duchamp, but like they're it's like they're literally so putting like poop in a can and like you know all this like stuff that's just disgusting and de- decapitated heads. And like the thing is, is that as Lutherans, sometimes I feel like a traditional like 
in the 60s and 70s and 80s, we were just like, well, but this is the fallen sinful state of the world. So it's okay. And I'm like, no, it's not. Like, this is actually like gross. And this is not affirming the good and the true and the beautiful. So I read a lot of like Catholic ideology in terms of churches and architecture and the theology of beauty and the theology of all these things. And I saw that their art and architecture was not reflective of the Heidelberg Disputation, which is what I kept getting pushback from from pastors is that what their theology was reflective as was genesis Mm. revelation song of songs and the temple of solomon and the thing is is that as lutherans we kind of jumped on the postmodern bandwagon and the modernism bandwagon and then we jumped on the whole like modernism is okay and like abstract expressionism it's fine because it's all under grace and it's like no actually all of this is totally antithetical to traditional Catholic church art and architecture, and we can hold to some of this. Now, there's some stuff that's off, but we can hold to this because this is also in line with the sacred music tradition. Mm. It's like, this is not, this is not disparage. And they're looking at all of these examples where God is making creation beautiful and respecting craft and delighting in objective reality. And I can go into my issue with icons as well, because they're just, unfortunately, even though as beautiful as they are, they are really a gateway into mysticism that can be potentially very dangerous if you're following the true orthodoxy of it, which is, as I said, this is why I kind of backed off because the theology just got way too deep for me as an untrained person. Where was I going with all of this? Oh, yes. Back to beauty. Um, So, To kind of go all the way around with beauty is beauty is a reflection of the essence of God. It is Mm. his creative work. And God created us good. We fell into sin. Totally yucky. Okay. But then God is working to redeem and to restore creation. You know, and I think we have to like watch this so carefully because things can get into idolatry very quickly. But it's like God did design us in Genesis to get married, to have children, to fill the earth, to steward creation, to work hard in our vacations. And he gave us a beautiful garden and beautiful food. And like he made Adam and Eve like beautiful and all these things. And yes, sin comes in and steps in and causes problems. But I think we still have to uphold and respect and revere and preserve as much of that as possible, even though we are still awaiting the new creation and the redemption of all things. Yikes, that was a lot. <laughs> so. so to sum up, art can be beautiful. Ugly art is like poo. Mm. <laughs> Did I miss anything? No, it should be beautiful because one of your jobs as an artist is to see the world with the loving eyes of someone who's been redeemed by Christ and to show other people what you see. Mm-hmm. You did so much better than I did. <laughs> She's a writer. Yeah. Girl, it's true. <laughs> yeah. Words are her paint. Um, yeah. <laughs> someone, <laughs> someone really poop in a can and yes. call it art? Oh, yes. Yeah. There's and far worse. Why? Yeah. Uh, there's It's a political statement, yeah. but we don't need to go into any. Yeah. It's yeah, not worth our a, time. There yeah. are several artworks I can think of that are just like blasphemous. Well, yep. I yeah. will just scratch yeah. the can off of my list of art projects <laughs> because I thought that was my own idea. But no, apparently yeah. it's already nope. been done. Derivative. Someone else derivative. Yeah. derivative. I do. I do appreciate, though, the equivalency of we appreciate beauty in music. Mm-hmm. So why not appreciate mm-hmm. beauty in art and architecture? It's it's when well, you boil it down to the same the same idea, essentially. And you're, you're right that modernism just sort of hit 
art, music, literature, all three of them with like a tire iron to the back of the knee, you know? No, Nancy Kerrigan, what are you doing here? <laughs> we don't have that a show in mixed up. <laughs> Tanya Harding, what are you doing here? <laughs> So good on you, Kelly, for showing the world that art can be beautiful and should be beautiful mm -hmm. because it's your job. Thank you. <laughs> Obviously, you are a um, wealth of opinions on art. And I really love that, that you, you've thought about this very deeply. Can you, as, as someone who's still just a baby artist, mostly doing it for the sake of my, my children, what advice would you give to aspiring artists, young and old. Like, what could I say to my daughters who really, they draw every day, they love it. They don't want to go into it for a career because uh, I've had a long talk with them about exactly what we've talked about today, but <laughs> they want to be artists for all of their lives. What wisdom can you share with them and and with me who has yeah. just graduated from Stick Figures? That? Oh, wow. Okay, <laughs> so there's that? a few. Okay, going to zoom out and then zoom back in. In high school, I... <laughs> I took every art class I could and a lot of home ec classes. Ooh. And I don't know if this is going to make any sense. So just bear in mind, like, so I loved like sewing. I tried cooking. I'm trying cooking now. It's it's going all right. Um, Your husband is still alive, so it must yes, be going okay. He's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I did a lot of childcare through my early 20s and through my late teens. And I did like house cleaning and I did nannying and I did disability care and like, for me, even though I was really good at art, I have just like a strong desire to nurture and care for people. Like that is just like, it's like the art is like my like tick a little <laughs> bit. Like it's just like a tick or something. Like I have to just like, you know, keep busy and just like, you know, and like crazy long attention span. But it's like my art always had a function of not necessarily self-expression, but it's like, how can I help somebody else mm -hmm. that's hurting? And there's like a lot of compassion underneath that. And so like my advice as a mother, if I was to have children and raise them or your children, or you're trying to guide them is, you know, I would definitely encourage them, you know, do realism, you know, do painting, do drawing, you know, take classes. This is so good just for their personal development. I do all of that for families and, you know, it's so much character building, you know, but, you know, teach them, you know, the life skills, teach them how to sew, teach them how to cook. Like, I feel like that's something that's really lost generationally between mothers and daughters as well is that that whole like homemaking and like, you know, trying to run a household and run a family. So I kind of like took both of those. And like, my hope was to really like get married young and have quite a few children. Now I got a little very older and we'll see how that goes. But the thing is, is like, I had my like, I kind of kept just like making art while I was waiting and trying to find the right person. It just got just had a lot more time to develop that <laughs> than a lot of people do. So like, my advice is like, you know, keep those skills. But like, Ah, oh, man, as far as like a job, don't send them to art school. <laughs> Find a good teacher or even online stuff and just learn those fundamentals. And that's kind of like one thing that I do is I'm just trying to help families nurture that creative element, but not being stuck with getting an art degree where they 
I feel like so mean. I'm really not trying to be like, I don't want them to get stuck with an art degree. And then because there's so many people that get the art degree and they're like, now what do I do? I have no business skills. I don't know how to do realism. Where do I fit? And I'm kind of like, listen, like, I'll teach you those skills so that you can actually sell and actually teach if you want to, so that you can either, I don't know, focus on getting married and having a family, or you can focus on something that's a little bit more stable. That's my advice. So your wisdom is, and I ask for wisdom, it's hard. So be aware of that. Yeah. No, that's, that's and it's great just wisdom. Not, and it's not practical. Like I would not, I mean, I'm going to be kind of difficult on this and shock, shock, but like, <laughs> you know, it, I would not, like if I had a son, I would not encourage him to become an artist. I would, I would encourage him to learn how to draw, but I would, I would say, you know, go, go do something else. Now you as an, Learning these skills, if he wanted to be an engineer or, you know, do something like that, props to him. But I would not recommend it because it is so unstable. And those people who are men who are artists, they have not been able to feed their families on what an artist makes. So I would highly discourage, look at drawing as a skill. Now, girls, maybe if they, you know, get married, then they can do what was recommended to me is that being a portrait artist was a great stay-at-home mom job, is that you still had something on the side, but it would give you the flexibility so you could have children. So that's kind of my advice for your children, and but that could tentatively, tentatively change. But, I mean, I lived with my parents until I got married. It's not, it's not easy. And I, so I would really, I mean, I'm being very, I'm very honest with people. <laughs> you can have it as a hobby or as a side gig. I would not recommend it be your bread and butter. I think throwing in two cents here, because I also, one of my majors in school was art, well, graphic design, not art like you can do, Kelly. I am not nearly as talented as you are with this, but it's been a helpful thing for me to have as a skill, um, something that I was trained to do that I can now use as part of my job. So I totally hear what you're saying and totally respect that. I think I'm doubling down on on if you have those skills, hone them, learn how to do yeah. it well, because you don't know what what you'll be able to do in the future. And it, it may be very useful, but you probably also want to be honing other skills that can make you yeah <laughs> that, I mean, that can earn you a living and be mm-hmm. a productive adult as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I was a special case in that my parents, <laughs> I mean, I, I lived my, with my parents until I was uh, 31. I mean, I lived with them a really long time mm-hmm. because their but their mentality was God gave you a gift. We're going to help you do that. But what did that mean? That did not mean leaving the nest. I mean, yeah. it did, you know, and I yeah. really tried to figure and I was really trying to figure it out, you know, as far as what was going to be better. But, you know, I would never discourage my child from being good at art. But as far as a stable job, mm-hmm. from what I've talked to, a lot of people cannot stay, mm-hmm. cannot mm-hmm. stay. Right. They can't do it or they do it second career like Ed Riojas. Oh, and so it's talented. only part time. And, it, mm-hmm. and, and it's not and it's unstable too. The men that I've talked to, they cannot support their families. And that's why I'm just like, don't, don't do it. Um, <laughs> but you know, don't do it as a job. Just do it because you you love it. Now I was very fortunate in what I what I did, but I don't think that what my parents have done for me, as generous it is it is, is feasible for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's feasible for a lot of people. And mm-hmm. and as grateful as I am, I think that it's just it's not the most practical thing. And 
my parents and my husband and I, we tried to figure out something that was a little bit more stable, that would be more flexible, where I could actually take care of my health because mm-hmm. my health was declining with how much I was working. I just couldn't take care. Like, it was just a really difficult situation. I'm fine now, but like literally the starving artist that doesn't sleep, it's it's a real thing. And it's it really needs to stop being promoted by the school system because it's just not good. Right. It's not good for and I just know so many people that were da- have been damaged by the system. And mm. I'm really trying to find better better systems where you can actually get the skills to become a good artist a lot faster for less right. money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that was a lot. As a mother, I really, really appreciate this. I do want to go back and circle back to something that you've said several times during this interview that I've just had conversations with my daughters this week about. You have said several times, I'm really good at art. And that is something that I appreciate your honesty and your courage in saying that because we as, well, let's just say Lutheran women, we don't like to promote ourselves. We don't like (laughs) to say nice things about ourselves, even when they're true. Yep. And so tell me about how you learned to just come out and say, I'm good at art. Oh, Wow, this is the, you're not gonna you're gonna be thrown for the answer actually. Okay, <laughs> I love it. So, Go for it. so the thing is, is that it's gonna shock people. Like, I like art, and I I guess I could say that I love art, but the main thing is that I'm good at it, and I have to distinguish that from huh. what I really love. If that makes sense. Interesting. Yes. And that's why I say is I'm good at it, not because I'm trying to like actually self-promote, but to indicate that I don't want to be defined as a person by it, (laughs) if that makes sense. Like, it's not that I sat there and I, you know, when I was a little kid and was like, I dream of being a famous artist. I've never had that. I'm a very boring person. Like, I mean, really, like, I mean, Sarah goes to church with me. She knows that me and Dave, like, sit next to each other, and we don't talk to anybody, and we, and we sneak out. Like, this is like, no, it's true. This one, like, Dave taught me this thing called, like, the Uffenbeck sneak, and I, oh, like, love it. That's why he does it. Yes. That's hilarious. Yes. So he's just, like, telling me we can, like, slide in and slide out. I was like, oh, really? Like, we don't have to, like... Pay, uh, no one has to know we're here and that's kind of like one reason I liked him is because like I would people would like oh you're Kelly Schumacher and like nobody knew who he was and I was like excellent I want this one um, <laughs> and so he's just like Mr. Fly so under the radar and I just shield. he really yeah. is he really is he's like that's why it took so us so funny. long I know so like he just has this magic ability and I was like I would like to form an alliance with you. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like, let's, I'm, I just started watching that and I love that line. And I'm like, Dave, I would like to form an alliance, you know, like and, introvert level up. Yeah. Anyways, anyways. So where was I going? I keep getting so scatterbrained with this story. Oh, yeah. say you're good at art out loud. Yeah. Yes, I'm good at art. And I have no problem saying that because like, that's me just realizing like God gave me a natural ability. I need to use it. But as far as like what I'm deeply passionate about, it's like marriage and family. Like that is my jam, like marriage, family, caring for people, you know, grandparents, grandchildren, you know, children, like that is like the heart and soul of what I, and in Jesus, obviously, <laughs> but like, you know what, but like context of a Christian family, like that is just like, 
if you look at all my religious art, it's about uh-huh. Jesus in the church or children and yeah, Jesus. And it's just all of that. And so I kind of had to preface that because like in the past, I was really, um, I don't know, I can say this, but like I was really kind of like attacked and accused of like, your career is what you has kept you from getting married. And like, you're a feminist and you're <laughs> career minded. And it was like so hard because I was like, I want to get married, so I'm making art about it. <laughs> like, like, it's like people were like, you're a feminist that doesn't like children. I was like, I've painted five pictures of Jesus with kids. Like, you know, like, and I'm sitting here going, like, they're adorable. They aren't like angry looking children yeah, or anything. <laughs> you know, and it's like, and it's was like so funny. It's like, you know, there's these, you know, my books are about like a little girl like dying and I'm sitting there thinking like, I don't have kids so I'm like putting my like it's like this goofy cathartic process anyways so like that's what I would say I actually like I would say art is what I'm good at but like what I love is my family like and that includes my parents that includes my husband like that is just like my everything that I do that I've done with religious art it was meant to like serve families and I was continually trying to think like if I was married and I had children what kind of world would I want to create for them? And what kind of, what what would I want to give my children? And so when I was making all that, I was like, well, this is my way of giving that to them if I have them. And if I don't give that to them, maybe I can give that to all these families and maybe they can have this. That's why I say when I'm good at art, but it's like, that's what I love, if that makes sense. And I really want to distinguish distinguish that because a lot of times people think like oh you know you're so good at art this was your dream and it's like no it actually wasn't it was it just happened to be what I was good at and I thought well I'll just see what happens and do that so I don't know it's complicated it's very raw and raw and real yeah (laughs) I like it you guys are really great. Thank you so much. It's been really fun having you in the studio, Kelly. Yeah. Thank you. We probably oh. need to stop talking now because otherwise we'll be here for three more hours. But <laughs> we can have a second go around. I need to go on vacation. Wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> Next time it'll be Kelly teaches us how to draw. I'd be there. Realism. I pay good dollars oh, for that. That would be. Oh, are you going to something that we'll all be at? Eventually, sometime in 2023. Yeah, maybe if we're all at the national uh, LWML convention, maybe we can do a little uh, live. Kelly teaches the ladies Mm. how to draw some art. We have to plan that. It's just next year. No big deal. Wide range. (laughs) We got it. We got it. Wide range of talent of drawing skills. We could put. Oh oh, man. Okay. Go go. (laughs) Now I'm just vomiting like ideas. Bree has Mm. the wheels spinning, and we have to wrap it up. Just wrap it. Where can we find your art? Kelly, on you stay arts.com. That's H E N U S D I arts.com. And I've never said that before. <laughs> I can tell so many times for so many radio spots. And is that it's where really you can funny. also, you've talked a number of times about your art lessons. Can oh, you yeah, you can, those there you as can well? sign up. I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, except on Instagram, I'm Portraits by Kelly, and YouTube is also Portraits by Kelly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm very easy to get a hold of. You just have to. You just have to get a hold of me. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm seeing onnewsdayarts.com slash lessons. Hey. Yeah. yeah. Seeing that you only do in-person lessons at present. For now. Yeah. So, anyone in the St. Louis area, drop her a line because 
yeah, that would be. I'm a little jealous of you, St. Louisans, right now. Oh, man. <laughs> also, if you have a pet and you want a portrait, totally. Mm-hmm. Totally do that because your pet portraits are amazing. They I are. love them. Thank you, Sarah. I need to do them eventually for my kids. I know. I was I was thinking that. I was like, Sarah. I know. I see your cats on Instagram. I love them. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us in the studio, Kelly. This has been super fun. As always, ladies, you can join us in our Facebook group. We'd love to hear your thoughts and opinions. As always, uh, lots of prayer requests and all kinds of things. Or if you want to just give a shout out to Kelly in the group, also, you can do that. Join us, the Lutheran Ladies Lounge on Facebook. You can also follow us on Instagram at Lutheran Ladies Lounge for some more content. If you aren't on social or if you just like to get Lutheran Ladies in your inbox, you can join our monthly e-newsletter list. You can find out how to do that in the show notes for this episode. Or you can just send an email to lutheranladies at kfuo.org. You can find all of our episodes at kfuo.org slash Lutheran Ladies Lounge or on the KFUO radio app or on your favorite podcasting app. You're listening to the Lutheran Ladies Lounge Podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Erin. I'm Bree. And I'm Rachel. Views and opinions expressed on the Lutheran Ladies Lounge Podcast may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO Radio, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. The Lutheran Ladies Lounge is produced by KFUO Radio and available at kfuo.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Join our community on Facebook in the Lutheran Ladies Lounge. Any other questions? We are at an hour. Wow. (laughs) I need to talk less.